stay out of the aisles. I don't want to invite you to come up to the front. Let's not waste time tonight. We're going to come up to the front. We're going to start worship. Come on, don't be shy. Come on, make your way up to the front, man. This is a, this is a night, man, where we're going to encounter God. We're going to experience the heavenlies tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to have a party tonight. in this place. We want to feel you, God. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come, to move, to have your way, God. We thank you for touching our minds, for healing our body. There's so much more tonight, God. And we welcome you, God. We invite you to come. Hallelujah. Come on, sing this out. The Lord has healed our bodies. Time for Holy Ghost party. Dance, dance, dance. The Lord has healed our bodies. Time for Holy Ghost party. The Lord has healed our bodies. Time for Holy Ghost party. Dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance, dance. The Lord has healed our bodies. Time for Holy Ghost party.
Come he's the God of retro praise. So we're going to give him the praise in this place. Y'all ready? Come on. We jump for you. We jump for you. We jump for you. We jump for you. Come on, jump. We jump for you. We jump for you. We jump for you. Come on, spin. Come on and spin for him. We spin for you. We spin for you, Jesus. Come on and spin for him. We spin for you. We spin for you. Come on and shout. Come on and shout for you. We shout for you. We shout for you, Jesus. Come on and shout for you. We shout for you. Come on, sing Come on and something greater to happen. Come on, we come with an expectancy for God to move on our hearts. Oh, come on. On earth as it is in heaven, we want his glory. We want his glory in this place to fill this room, to change hearts, to break chains. Would you breathe upon me? 
As I raise my hands, Lord, as we raise our hands, Lord, breathe the fire, Lord, breathe the fire deep inside of me. We're your burning ones, Lord. Too much. And we cry, holy, holy.
just one moment in his presence is all you need tonight. One moment in his presence is all you need tonight. Right now, as we say this again, as we sing this again, I want you to close your eyes right now. And I'm telling you, if you say, God, truly fill me up, fill me up with the Holy Ghost, he will fill you. He has been waiting for you all night. He's been waiting for you all week to come into this place. This is a divine appointment. This is a divine appointment with the Holy Ghost right now. And he's been waiting for someone to say, fill me up with all their heart. He's been waiting for you to say that, to say that with all your being, to fill him up. Will you say that right now? Without the words, without the song, just say, fill me up, God. Fill me up, Jesus. I've been filling my life with so much junk, God, with so many other things, and I'm still empty, God. I'm still empty. But God, when you fill, when you fill, Jesus, it's like a river, God, that has no end. You keep filling, and you keep satisfying, God. Tell that to Jesus right now. Say, fill me up. Fill me up, Holy Ghost. Fill me up, Jesus. Oh, fill me up.
Come on, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, can you just pray in that heavenly language? Come on, let's not be ashamed of who we are. We are filled with the Spirit. If this is new to you, we are praying in the language of heaven, which is not a learned language of this world. We're praying in the language of angels. The Bible says there's power when we pray. In other languages, the languages of heaven, it builds up our faith. Press in. Press in. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost with other languages, just raise up your hands and receive. And begin to speak in other tongues. As the Holy Ghost gives you utterance, He gives you the words to speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not by might. Hallelujah. Not by power, but by my Spirit. Says the Lord, Yande,
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now just praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to our King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You are awesome, Jesus. Worthy of all the praise. Even if you didn't do another thing, you're still worthy, God. You're still worthy for all that you've already done. Oh, God, for the cross, salvation, freedom from sin, defeating death, hell, and the grave. You're awesome, God. Glory to the Lamb of God who was slain. Oh, who lives forevermore. Glory, glory. Oh, we praise you. We worship you. Oh, would you just place your hand over your heart. And before you ever hear a preacher preach tonight, would you just lift up to God whatever it is inside your heart that is heavy or something that you need from the Lord, would you right now just give it to Him? Just say, God, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender my finances. I surrender my health, my family. I surrender. And then just tell him, I believe. I believe, Jesus. I believe in miracles. I believe you can still raise the dead. You can bring coins out of the fish's mouth. I believe, Jesus, you can save the lost. I believe you can deliver. You can set free. I believe. I believe. Lord, would you be with us now as we continue on with the service and move in power through the preaching of your word, through your servant, Evangelist Glenn. Would you bless our time together and let none of us leave out here the same way we came. Let our lives be transformed for your glory and your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Can you bless the Lord? Give him one more shout of praise. Amen. Amen. We're going to play a welcome video. This is just what we like to do at our church. Would you stand and greet about five people and tell them how excited you are that they came to this revival service tonight? Don't sit back down. Don't get yourself in trouble now. Would you do that as we play this welcome video for you? We just want you to feel welcome today at Metro Place. Just shake somebody's hand. Tell them you love them. Thank you.
house full this evening. Would you look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you're here. Come on, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you came. It's a special night tonight. Uh, normally our service is 9 and 11 a.m. on Sundays. Wednesday we have an encounter night. Something similar to this that's pressing into God healing every Wednesday at 7. Then the last Wednesday of every month we do a family night. I want you to come on out this night. Uh, last Wednesday we'll be doing some ice cream. We also do Royal Rangers and Impact at that time for our youth. And did I have any elevators elevate? <laughs> Come on, we got teenage youth group every Friday at 7.30, Elevate. This is what we do. We're glad that you came. It's a special service for us tonight, uh, Healing and Miracle Night with our guest evangelist from the retreat. How many of you had fun at this retreat this year? Can I hear some hallelujah, some hand claps? Come on. Amen. Record-setting retreat. Over 160 of you came out, 50 more than last year. We saw... 16 people baptized. Two more were supposed to be there. It was supposed to be 18, but their car broke down on the way from the hotel to the uh, church. Everybody go, ah. But that's okay. We're going to baptize them in the lake next week. Amen. We're just going to make up for it. Polar bear style. Take them right out there. They're going to love it. And uh, we're so glad you're here. But we had a special couple that really went above and beyond the call of duty. And we just want to recognize them for their work, for the retreat. So as I call their name, would you just stand up and give a big hand clap to Ish and Robin Lopez as they come. Come on, all you retreaters. Come on up. Come quickly. They won't clap for long. Your wife is supposed to come. She's so shy. There you go. Thank you. Well, you guys can be seen. This is one of our own here. Ish and Robin have been with us for many years, and we have go back even before this church. And, uh, you know, my wife and I are always doing all of the errands, and uh, not necessarily the errands. shouldn't tell on myself. Sue Ellen normally does that. But we normally take care of all of the details. And uh, about two years ago, Robin was like, Pastor, I really want to do this for you. You know, take care of the retreat, call ahead the hotel. And I just didn't want to let go of it. So like like last year, it was like a little tug of a war, you know. And then and then we had like a meeting, and she was like, now, Pastor, listen, you need to give this to me and stop doing this. Okay, you're done. And I got fired, so I'm not in charge of it anymore. And what a blessing it was. How many thought they did a great job? Hey, Amen. Thank you. There was a couple situations that happened. I mean, they were intense. They were some, some big-time situations. And I was so glad you guys took care of it. Amen. So what we just wanted to do is we just wanted to get uh, Robin just some chocolates. God bless you. And then a card, a big thank you card with the gift card to Applebee's to go out and just have a, a night on Metro Press. Can we give him one more hand clap? Thank you. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. High fives. Thank you. In the, in the midst of our rejoicing, uh, I would like to pray for a certain family. I don't want to embarrass them, but uh, if we could get Tina and her daughter Isis, if we could. I know they're kind of coming in and out. Uh, they just received some of the most tragic news you can imagine. Uh, and if, they are, if they're still handling it, that's okay. They were even faithful to come tonight expecting a miracle. But uh, their brother was shot and murdered in Guatemala today. They received the word. And I just need some sisters and, and, and a couple brothers up here. Family, can we just love on you right now? And can we just pray for you? And you don't have to worry about, you know, all the details right now. God knows what happened. Justice belongs to the Lord. And what God wants to do right now is just heal this family 
And uh, we just want to pray for that right now. So would you just stretch your hands towards this family? God, we pray you would just cover them right now, God. God, their hearts are breaking, Jesus. God, their hearts are breaking over this today. We can only imagine what they're going through. We don't know, God. But you know, Lord. God, you know, God, the pain, God, the loss. Her brother, God, their uncle. Oh, God. Jesus, would you walk with this family right now? Be a healer of the broken heart right now in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, they don't even understand all the details. They, there's probably so many things in their mind and their heart right now, so many questions, so much frustration. But, God, break through all of that and just heal right now. Just heal, God. We pray for this man to be brought to justice, whoever did this, whatever group did this. But right now we just pray for healing, oh, God. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, God, they came to your church today to find healing. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, would you just love on them today? Oh, God. Nancy, can you just come and give her a big hug? And one of the youth leaders, hug on this young lady and hug on Jason right here. Let's just take a few more moments. Come on, church. This is why we're here. They came to church today because they didn't want to go through it alone. Hallelujah. Would you just sing, You're My Healer, in the background right now? Just a few moments for this family that came. Jesus, I believe that you're my healer. Jesus. Yes, God. Cover them. Wrap your arms of love around them like, like the angels do, oh God, around your throne. Wrap your love around them right now, God. Jesus.
I just want to share this with the family. And you just feel free to go through this however you guys need to. You don't have to worry about us. You don't have to put on any type of face for us. You came tonight and God is going to minister to you. And if you need to go in and out, that's up to you. But God is going to be faithful to you. I know you wish you could do 101 things, probably catch a flight out there and all these other things. But just let God do what only he can do, which is touch that broken heart. So many times, you know, we want God to explain things to us. And I I know you know the example, but, you know, imagine if you broke your arm. You know, you're riding your bike and you broke your arm and your arm's just, you know, in pieces and it's just dangling like this. Your bones are in pieces. You know, somebody can come up to you and go, well, let me tell you about this. You know, you have two bones here and nerves and this thing got broken. But that doesn't take the pain. And so many times we want to come to Jesus and go, why? Why did this happen? Why did this break? Why did this happen? And what God is interested in is fixing it. He just says, bring your brokenness to me. Bring your hurt to me. And I just want to read this to you. It's from Isaiah chapter, Isaiah 61. And it says, the Lord is to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so what does that mean? What that means is God is able to take our pain. As often as it comes over these next few days, weeks, months, years, as often as it comes, God is able to take it. Let's just stretch our hands towards this family one more time and just believe God that he will walk with them. Lord, walk with them. This is the beginning of a painful situation they're going to walk through. And it may get harder at times. It may get more confusing, more frustrating at times. But God, you promised you would walk through them. Walk with them through this. And God, they would be oaks of righteousness. You would make them strong to go through this. You said you would never give us more than that which we can bear. And so Lord, even for the youngest, Isis, and God, for Jason, let them continue to trust in you. And Tina, her sister, all of her family, her parents, all of them, let them trust in you during this time. In Jesus' name. If you believe God heals the brokenhearted, can you say amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Come on. Let's just give them a hug, guys. Amen. How would you feel if that happened to you today? How many have gone through a tragedy in their life before? I remember the time that my mother woke me up out of bed, tears streaming down her face. Jenny, Jenny, that was my sister's name, Jenny, Jenny. And I said, what happened? Jenny just died in a car accident. For those of you who have never been in those situations, you can't imagine what it's like. But uh, we're not ashamed of that in this church, amen? We're not ashamed to bring the broken to Jesus. That's what a church is for, amen? Amen. And we're just thankful that they came even in the midst of deep hurt and deep pain. And so we want to thank you for being a part of this night. Miracles are already happening. Broken hearts are being healed. And I hope that you'll open up your heart tonight 
Our guest speaker has come a long way to be here with us, to see God move in your life and in this city. And the Holy Spirit is already moving powerfully. We want to let you know about Metro Praise, that we have a vision to love God and love people. Somebody say, love God. And say, love people. That's the only way to live in this world is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. If you're new to our church and you're visiting, we have information in the back. We'd love for you to check it out after service. But our church is here to love God and love people. And the way we want to do that is connect you to the cross, teach you and mentor you in the cross, and send you with the cross to change the world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And one of the best ways we do that is through our life groups. We meet 10 times during the week. Anybody get life at life groups in this house? Amen. Anybody glad they got a friend? Amen. In this church. We are so happy about life groups because life groups meet for the youth and young adults, their home Bible studies, time of care and sharing together and fighting and beating up the devil together. And so we have information for that in the back as well. And then when you get into those life groups, we wrote some books on discipleship. Somebody say mentor. Thank you. You connect through a life group and then you get mentored by your leader there. You can find these books free online at our website or back here for a few dollars. But these will raise you up to be a mighty warrior for Christ. This is the first book here and then the next book becomes a class in our church. And so our dedication to this city is to connect them to the cross through life groups, mentor them through discipleship and change them, send them out to change the world to be history makers, roof breakers and generation shakers for Jesus. Our goal is 100,000 disciples here in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. Amen? Amen. So we just ask you to pray for us as we do that. That is our heart right now. We are supporting 200 churches around the world in five different nations. We have these churches serving God with passion where they are in their field. Two in India, northern and southern India. One in Pakistan, one in Nepal, and one in Nigeria. One apostle that oversees the many churches. 200 altogether. Just in southern India alone, 1,700 believers. They use our books. They call themselves Metro Praise, and they are serving God. Can you say amen? And we are here to serve the Lord. Our second campus is at Wicker Park. Do I got any Wicker Park saints here tonight? Come on. We just started Wicker Park on Sundays at 5, and they have come out here with us. And you can see all that online. But we just want to welcome you to go deep today with God, to to be radical. And if you're looking for a place to find some warriors to, to get in the battle with you, we're ready. Amen. We're ready. We're ready to roll up the sleeves. We didn't come here to look cute. This pastor didn't come in some limo or Rolls Royce, amen. I came in a Mercury with the windows tinted, amen. Sagging, hitting, hitting, hitting the speed bumps in the neighborhood, bump, 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 bump. We roll out and do Holy Ghost drive-bys, amen. We pimp slap a devil up in this place. We came to get those who are busted and disgusted out from where they are to where Christ is. Get somebody to step out their past and into their future. Come on. Amen. So if you want to be with some radical folk, here we are. If you already got one of those churches, tell your pastor, thank you for being radical. You need to tell them because it's a price to pay to be radical today. Amen. Amen. God bless you for those visiting from other churches as well. And uh, before I introduce our guest speaker, he's asked us that we would put up a slide for him. And he's going to share some of the ways you can support him because once this service gets going, it's going to hit fifth gear. We may be here till three in the morning. Okay. The man of God is not here to make money off y'all. Okay. He hasn't even talked about any of the things he has for you to receive from him after this weekend. So I'm just going to let you know. These are one of the greatest things you can do to support. 
support him. He has these stickers that say the sayings that identify who he is. This is a saying that he's just a nobody telling everybody about somebody that can save anybody. And then he has a sticker, a brother got to do what a brother got to do. And the whole idea around these cool little stickers is that when you make a donation of $5 or more, it helps him build the Bible College in Chennai, India. He's already invested $20,000. They have 10 full-time students. He is also overseeing churches in India. And when you just pick up a sticker, you don't even need it. You can just give him the shekel. But it's a way of taking something back going, I'm going to stick this on a wall. I'm going to stick this on a refrigerator and pray for him. Put it in your Bible. Amen. And he also has some other information. But uh, I would just like to ask that you would not leave the service until you deposit into the man of God. If he blessed you over the retreat or if he blessed you today. If you don't like him, then use your money to get some McDonald's. That's up to you, okay? But if he blessed you this weekend, when... Before you go, would you sow a seed? And all you have to do to do that is, Berto, can you run me up an envelope? We have two drop boxes, one in the back, one by the cafe. They're pretty obvious. And we got envelopes. Thank you. So let's give it up for Bertski right here. Come on, Eddie Berto, the Aztec warrior. All you got to do is Metro Praise. We'll give them it all at the end. So make the check out to Metro Praise and just put Glenn somewhere on the envelope. If you have a prayer request, put it on there as well. And just drop it in the drop box anytime on your way out today. And then at the end of service, we'll do a corporate offering. But if you have to go early, just uh, please do that for him. And if you can't do it here, if you're a guy like me, credit cards, we have online giving at the church. Just go to the general fund giving page. And then under the prayer request uh, annotation, just put for Brother Glenn. And we'll We'll make sure he gets it online, metropraise.org. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me as we prepare to welcome our guest speaker for the night? Hallelujah. Did you come ready to receive something tonight, Metro Praise? Visitors, Chicago, are you ready? Amen. Father, we ask in the next few moments that you will give us double for our trouble. That, God, you will speak through your servant. God, because we are listening. That miracles will come forth. Demons will get casted out, God. Deliverance will come. Salvation will come. Father God, I pray you will open up our hearts like good ground right now to receive the good word, to reap a good harvest. We pray you bless your servant who has preached already six times this weekend, traveled from Alabama, and has been all over the country and in the world. God, we thank you that you brought him here today. Now use him to bless our life. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Now put your hands together to welcome Glenn Boom Boom Badonsky. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Anybody feeling good up in here? Anybody feeling real good up in here? Anybody feeling God up in here? Anybody feeling the real God up in here? Come on, somebody. I'll tell you what, we're about to go to uh, the seventh heaven, amen? So uh, if you didn't get your ticket for the rocket ship, you can just sit there in your seat, lift your hands, and say this with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for the next few moments, my feet don't belong on the ground. I ask you now, to snatch me up and take me somewhere, anywhere, away from here, deep into the presence of the living God. In Jesus' name, 
After this night, I'll never be the same. Can you say amen? Come on, open your Bible to Hebrew chapter 11. Amen? When you get it, say word up. don't have it say hold up just don't say it in a bank all right let's go ahead I'm going to read from the New King James okay and just real quickly as uh, you know back there on that table there's an envelope uh, a zippered envelope where Berto is and those stickers that they showed just a few minutes ago every donation uh, you know I, I'm not, I, I don't sell things okay the, they're just if you don't have the money today, you want to give it, like Pastor Joe said, you can give it online or whatever. Or, you know, just go back there, put something in that envelope, take that thing and make it a point of contact to pray for our Bible college. And, you know, I'm going to share some testimonies about that as we, as we minister here today. But you know what? I, I, I'm going to preach this word, but, you know, I just, want to, I just want to give honor to whom honor is due. Amen? And I want to thank God for the leadership of this church and, and all the things that we have seen out of their lives over the years, and especially this weekend. Amen? And, and I'm, I'm talking about your pastors, amen? Pastor Joe and, and Pastor Nancy Wyrostek, amen? And all your leaders, amen? All your elders, hallelujah? You know who they are, amen? And I want to thank you. I, give, I, want, I want honor to be given to you today, okay? Why? Because you let God do something in your life, Amen? You let God do something in your life. Those of you that were on the retreat, you let him do something in your life. I know for a fact, amen, that the messages that I was preaching were so on time for so many of you. You know, this tragedy that just unfolded, you know, if you don't remember, I don't know why I was saying that about the mysteries of God. I said I have a, you know, I have a file that I keep. It's called the mysteries of God and the things that I can't figure out and I don't understand. I throw those things in. You remember when I said that, those that went on the retreat? You see how in time that is? See, God knows what's going to happen before it happens, okay? He knows those kind of things. And that's why tonight I really want to engage you. I want to engage you. I want, to, I want you to, to, to feel the presence of God, but I want you to engage yourself, your thought patterns. Your, your mind has got to be active in the service, okay? You're going to have to place value in this moment. You're going to have to place the value in it. See, I have valued this moment. I have fasted. I have prayed. I have obeyed God. I've done the things he's asked me to do up till now, and we will continue to do those things. I'm valuing this moment. I could have taken a flight out of here today if I didn't value this moment. But I value this moment. I left my wife and two beautiful children whom I love very much because I value this moment with you. We're not getting this moment tomorrow. We're getting it right now. And the quicker you understand that you were brought in here for such a time as this, the better this experience is going to be for you. Amen? I told you, uh, those that were at the retreat, I told you a word can change everything. It can change everything. A word from Guatemala changed everything today for some people. 
devil can bring a word into your life or, 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 or a news can be false. Come on, you feel it right there in the pit of your gut when you get that bad news. It's like a kick. It knocks all the air out you. But at the same time, a word. The Bible says a word from a far country can br- brings refreshing. Amen? Heaven's a little ways away from here, but we're going there. Amen? Tonight. Amen? We're going to get up off the ground. Amen? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith. Say, now faith is the substance. Say, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, we, we talked about faith, and those that weren't on the retreat, I want to just, I, I'm going to kind of go back to the illustrations that I was using, but the truth about faith, according to the Bible, is that it is a substance. Amen? It's not an imaginary property. It's not a substance that is in this realm. Uh, uh, it's not a substance that is acquired. It's acquired in this realm, but it comes from another dimension. Amen? Faith is coming out of a realm where God dwells for eternity. Amen? The spiritual dimension. Amen? And then faith imposes itself and invades this dimension that you and I have to live in until Jesus calls us home. Amen? The benefit of being a Christian with having your light turned on by the Holy Ghost is you realize that you're not really living in this world. Just You're just living, you're passing through. Amen? And you realize that as everything is going on in this world, there's another dimension that was created and it lasts longer and was created far before the one that you and I are living in right now. Amen? Before the worlds were formed, that dimension was existing. Amen? Faith is a substance. And it can be tangibly acquired in this realm. It can. I have felt faith increase in my life. I have looked at situations and God say, close your eyes and don't look at what you're praying for. Get faith and pray. And I could feel literal a substance of faith be and put and, and put it into me. And then I began to speak with a boldness because I knew that there was a dimension that was ready to invade the dimension that I was now standing in based upon mixing the word with faith. Mingling my words out of my mouth. When I pray, I'm not imagining that these things will happen for the people I'm praying for. I'm drawing from a substance that does not come out of the ground. It comes out of another realm. Faith cometh by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the Word of God. So when we hear the Word of God, it's like that other dimension is ripped wide open and faith begins to pour into this dimension. Amen? Inside of you, right here, right now, is the doorway to that other dimension. The Bible says that the spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord that searches the inward parts of the heart. The deep recesses of you. God's Holy Spirit going through you, combing through you, and finding those areas that need to be cut away from your life. Those areas that need to be repaired. And so we get, let's just read on. For it by the, the elders obtained a good testimony. Amen? 
By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Hello? Your, 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 your chairs that you're sitting on, a long time ago, some man had a concept inserted in his mind before he ever made a chair. This microphone that I'm handed, handed in my hand and I talk through is a concept that one time began in the mind of somebody. And they began to build that thing through their mind. Guess what? You were made in the image and likeness of God. Whether you're saved or unsaved today, you are made in the image and likeness of God. That's how come we can have some of the most brilliant scientists in the world deny the very existence of God. They've outthought God. They've, out, they've come up with their... Uh, they, 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 they've outlived the reason or the need to have God in their life. Archaeologists have dug for centuries. They have yet to find evidence of a tribe of atheists. Everything they dig up is from a society that believed in some sort of God. Hello? So what made us so dumb in the last days? It's spelled D-E-V-I-L. It's spelled S-I-N. It's spelled P-R-I-D-E. We've got to believe that what we say and do matters in eternity. When it's done in faith, when we mingle it in faith, whether you see the results now or 10 years from now, amen? We've got to believe that what we're doing and what we're seeing, and when we mix it with faith, it will be manifested before our very eyes, amen? Have you ever had one of those I told you so's when everybody counted you out, amen? Have you ever had everybody give up on you and tell you to quit what you were doing? something in you wouldn't let it die come on she's feeling the Holy Ghost right now take it that's faith coming into you tonight I want you to understand something we're products of our environment and we're products of our own choices and there's a great balance between the two and I want to show you some things through this hall of faith, and specifically the story of Moses. And go on down to the 23rd verse. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. You see that there? 
How can you see what is invisible? When you see with an eye that doesn't see in the visible realm. We walk by faith, not by sight. I'm not a word of faith preacher. I don't know why faith has just been coming up in me like this. But this is, this is the truth of the matter. That so many of you hope that God can do things. But you really don't know if he can. You really don't know if God wants to rescue you out of the situation. You really don't know if God is really not a respecter of persons. Maybe he favors some others over you. I don't really know if God is able to heal. I really don't know if God is able to pull me up and out of my situation. And so when you mix the word with doubt, you get death. You get disappointment. And within every one of us are dead promises that God made us. Well, i got good news. He is the resurrection and the life. And every single dead promise that lies dormant within you tonight can be resurrected, can be brought back to life. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Look at verse 23. I just want to go through this for just a few minutes. And I want to talk about the different aspects of Moses in the environment in which he came into. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. They were not afraid of the king's command. Can you say hallelujah, Jesus? Now, what's the environment that Moses was born into? Moses was born into a society that had been uh, 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 plaguing the, the Jews because of their ability to populate a country which they didn't really come from. They were beginning to outpopulate the Egyptians. And Pharaoh was nervous about losing his kingdom to the Jews, so he gave out a death sentence. He gave out an order. His order was found in, in Ezekiel, excuse me, in Exodus 1 and 16. It says, when you help the Hebrew women in childbirth and observe them on the delivery stool, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. Verse 22 says, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people. Every boy that is born, you must throw in the Nile, but let every girl live. When Moses came into the world, he didn't have a choice at the time in which he came in. He didn't have a choice at the country in which he came in. He didn't have a choice in the family that he came in. He didn't have a choice in the home that he was born into. He was a product of his environment. I'm sure he didn't, you know, before he was coming out of his mom's womb, he said, Oh, man, I can't. I hope I'm an Egyptian. Egyptian lover, baby. Egyptian mother, baby. He didn't have no Egyptian mama. But there was about to be some baby mama drama up in this thing. The realm that he came out of to come into this realm was much better and much safer for him. Wouldn't you admit Amen? It was a lot safer for him to be in the mind of God waiting to be born. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
But see, God is not concerned with safety. <laughs> you could be born in the middle of a volcano and not be burned when the hand of the Lord is upon you. Why was it when he came out that his parents said, we ain't going to kill this baby. They hid him for three months because he was a beautiful child. Amen. Every baby's beautiful now. Come on. Even the ugly ones. I am not going to lie. When Elijah and Zoe came out, I love them. They're so beautiful, but they look ugly. I'm serious. Now, now y'all think I'm crazy. Look, I am not going to lie. That, that was scary. That was an alien. That ain't my baby. And my wife had a C-section, so it came out, you know. Twice, they, ah, another alien. Don't slap the baby, slap me. <laughs> this has got to be a bad dream. I'm telling you. I wouldn't even look at the baby. Until they, I said, take him and clean him. I'm going to look at my wife. We want to see it together. My wife is probably watching on the computer getting ready to give me a switch when I get home. I love you. Elijah and Zoe, I love you too. He was hidden three months by his parents because he was a beautiful child. The word is astias, comely. God found him pleasant. It actually means to be lighted up like a city. There was a glow on Moses. Amen. He had a habit of glowing in the dark, didn't he? Amen. You look through his life and when he spends time in the presence of God, guess what? He glows. People are like, we do not want to see that glow, that day glow thing that you got going on. Put something over your face, Moses. We're scared. You know, it's, I mean, this is not a theological position. Don't get me wrong. But he was in the mind of God. And when he came out, the word used, beautiful child, means to be lighted like a city. It's as though he was in the presence of God and there was a glow on him when he came. And that's just like every baby, amen? Precious in his sight, amen? There is a glow, there's a beauty about a child, amen? But in this child, Moses, there was a special thing. Something that compelled his parents to refuse to allow the environment in which he was born into to dictate to them on how to raise their son or to even let him live. We are products of our environments. I can tell you, I was born to a 14-year-old drug-using mother who left me in a hospital. I didn't look at God and when I came out and say, you know, could you please give me a mama that's a drug addict? Could you, could you please give me a, a mom that will leave me and abandon me and, and, and put me, you know, let the Catholic nuns come and take me to an orphanage? I didn't ask for that. Some of you didn't ask for the family in which you were born into. You didn't ask for the culture in which you were born, or even the country. I've got two, two beautiful friends back here. I thank God for them. They, they came what, about an hour and a half from where you guys live. Is that how far it is from here? Mrs. Rengith and Rennie, they're they're Big-time supporters, prayer and fasting financially to our ministry. And I thank God for them coming. Uh, she was born in the Middle East. 
He was born in India. They didn't say, oh, no, I want to be born in this type of nation. We don't have a choice sometimes in the environment that we're born into or where we're living right now. But the funny thing about environments, they're created by choices. Children are living environments that were chosen by their parents. We've got to think about that for a minute. That means that we can actually choose and create environments. Amen? Did God choose a creative order to the process of creation? Did he, did he choose to say, let there be light? He didn't say, let there be bird, fishes, and trees, and then let there be light. He chose it in order. Amen? He built an environment through the choice that he made. Amen? He knew that he couldn't put fish in something without water. Amen? He knew he couldn't put a bird in a sky that wasn't there. He knew that he couldn't have seed in the ground sprout up in ground that wasn't there. He knew that I have to make particular choices and particular orders in order to create an atmosphere that is conducive for my species and my creation to thrive. And then lastly, he chose to create man made in his image and likeness. He chose the backdrop for Adam and Eve. Set him up. Gave Adam a name calling anointing. Amen? Whatever he called the animals, that's what he called them. Amen? I went to Starbucks the other day and I asked them for a chocolate hakalaka. They're like, what? Two sister girls in Atlanta airport. They're like, I don't even know what that is. I said, it's a hot chocolate with vanilla. And they said, oh, okay. That's how we normally make it. I wanted to call it a chocolate hakalaka. I told them, I said, if I had too many of these chocolate hakalakas, I'll turn into an Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompa, who called, I mean, come on. Man has a name called an anointing, amen? Sticks and stones will break my bones and names will definitely hurt me. Have you ever been called by a name? Have you ever been called a dirty name? Have you ever been called something that you weren't? Have you ever been called something that you wish you weren't? Have you ever been born into an environment where that's the type of atmosphere that you live in? That when you lay down, that atmosphere is already there for you. When you get up, you're hoping that it's not there, but it's still there. Moses, for three months, was hidden by his parents in an environment that he didn't choose to come into. And it got longer. His life in that environment started to change. He got into another environment that he didn't ask to. I don't think they asked Moses, do you want to be put in this basket? You want to float in the love boat down the river? But he was put in an environment that he didn't ask for. And then sent to another environment that he didn't ask for. His parents made a choice for him. And sent him to another environment. See, people in our lives that have authority over us for a time, 
or that we yield authority to make choices for us. Amen? And sometimes we have yielded authority to people that have no business having authority in our lives. Listen to me, young ladies. If he slaps you, he'll slap your kids. You empower him to have authority over you and your family, you're getting a dragon. Someone that will devour you and your family. I know about the first of the month and how folks show up. You didn't see them all month long and all of a sudden the check comes and now the first of the month people are showing up. Authority is either given or yielded and we hope to yield it to God. Amen? And appointed people that God puts in our lives. That's why God gives a husband and a wife. Amen? A covering. Amen? Husband being a covering for his wife. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're in an environment that doesn't allow you to have that choice yet, guess what? You can choose enough times and kinds of choices to change the environment in which you're in. Amen? But see, it's a lot easier to go with the flow and let somebody else put you in an environment than to create your own environment. It was a lot easier for people in Israel to just go through the drought than rather to say, I'm sorry, God, I'm going to get on Elijah's side and get over here by the brook and, and, and at least make it through this famine. His choice to serve God caused an environment switch. Amen. Birds, they fly south in the winter. Amen. If they don't fly south, they will die. Right? They know what to do. Something in them tells them, get out of Dodge. Get somewhere where it's going to be warm. And it's a long journey for some of them. And it's tiring. But they survive. Because they know the season change comes upon them and they go to a place, another environment in which they know they can survive. Amen? And then when they get back, and they, the season switches again. They go back to the place where they're you know, supposed to be in the summertime. They don't only survive, they thrive. Amen? It might be lean in some seasons in your life is what I'm trying to tell you. You might have to make a choice to make some hard decisions. And it might not look real pretty in the beginning. But you need to survive this thing, baby. You need to get through this thing, all right? You need to buck up and make some hard decisions. Amen? You need to switch your phone number. You need to cut off your email. You need to do some things that are hard to do. You need to survive the season, amen? And then you will wait until the due and appointed time, and God will send you back into another environment where you don't have to survive, where you don't have to get on barely get along street, but that you can thrive. You could be dominant in that environment. Amen? Rather than letting the environment control you, you control the environment. Amen? Come on, somebody. If you're living in the desert and it's not the place you're supposed to be, you might want to find the oasis to survive it. Amen? But don't stay at the oasis too long because sooner or later that will dry up too. Amen? Some of you, your first year of Christianity, you find an oasis and you don't want to move away from it. 
just want to be fixed up enough so that you can survive. If you just survive, you'll always just be trying to survive. Moses wasn't trying to survive, amen? In the beginning, he had to survive his environment, but look what happens in the next verse. He was hidden three months, and then bam. He was not afraid. They were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. He looked to the reward. You see that? He no longer was a product of his environment. Now he became a product of his choice. Amen? You've got to make some choices, amen? He made some choices. He was saying this. Come on, y'all. You know the story. If you don't, here's the, ver- here's the condensed version of it. Moses gets put in a basket by his parents, floated down the river. Pharaoh's daughter is out there bathing, and she sees the basket. They get it and find the little baby in there. She, t- she falls in love with that little baby and says, I want him to be like my own son, and takes him in as her own son. He's put in the house of Pharaoh like a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He's like a grandchild to the ruler of Egypt. And what happens? He gets educated with the best of all education. He wears the finest of clothes, eats the best of all the food, has no want to, he's trained in all kind of, uh, of, of, of war things and, and activities, and he has everything that he could ever want, ever desire. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to go out and fight for anything. He don't have to fake it till he makes it. In everybody else's eyes, he's done made it. He's got it made in the shade. And he can host his own parade. But y'all know what, what, what the real deal was? They knew he wasn't none of Pharaoh's grandchild. They knew that that baby didn't come from Pharaoh's daughter. And if they thought that he did, they thought something bad had happened. Because she wasn't married. Oh, he was, he was Pharaoh's little black sheep. Hello? He was in Pharaoh's house, and he had been rescued, and he survived the onslaught of all those Hebrew children that were being thrown in the Nile, eaten up by crocodiles. He survived it. But you don't think his other brothers and sisters were ridiculing him and teasing him and looking and whispering about him? They knew something was off. He didn't look like Pharaoh's daughter. And the Bible said he made a choice. He chose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Amen? I wonder how many of you would make that choice today. How many of you could adapt to your environment how many of you would just say, well, you know, this is, you know, I'm just going to make it like this right here. Or would you stand up for what you believe in and begin to create an environment of choices, tough choices, hard. It was a hard decision for him to decide, you know what, I have been educated. These people have taken care of me, but I'm refusing to live this way 
any longer. He was a product of his environment, but then he became a product of his own choice. I want you to think for a minute about some choices that you've made to change your environment. Think about some things and choices that you've made within the last year to change where you were. Did you follow through on them? How many choices did you make to get you where you are today? See, that's the beauty of it. When we stand before God, we're not going to be judged for what environment we were put into. We're going to be judged for what environment we created. See, I live my life blaming the abandonment of my mother for the condition of my life. When I look back and I begin to see the things that I did, age 13, selling dope on the schoolyard, toting guns, slapping people, beating people up, running around like a fool, coming home at 15 and being told you don't live here no more, you need to go find somewhere else to live, or we'll call the police on you, climbing in and out of people's homes, sleeping underneath trucks, trying to survive. I'm a survivor. You give me three grains of rice, I'm going to make it on that. I know how to survive. Because I'm going to prove to somebody. They're going to find out. You kick me out, you think you, think you can control me because you kicked me out? You think I'm going to come back and beg to come home? You got the wrong one, baby. You just messed with Tyrone. Why Tyrone? And I'm out here in the hood with crackheads. I got me a box, but I'm a box. And I remember Christmas Eve covering myself up with leaves because it was so cold and not having a place to go on Christmas Eve. And I remember hearing the bums in the alleyway digging through the cans and the bottles trying to make money to make ends meet. And I know if they catch me or spot me, they could probably do something vile to me as a young boy. But I'm going to survive. I'm going to be hard. And I'm going to reject you before you get a chance to reject me. Some of that hardness in your life because of the times you've had to survive it has got to change tonight. You need to soften your stance. You need to soften your heart to God's ways and his principles and to his changes tonight. You really got to come clean with yourself. You really got to quit blaming people. You got to quit blaming your environment. You got to quit blaming the wage that you make. The ways that you don't make. You got to quit blaming because you're this outcast. Nobody understands me. Baby, you don't understand yourself. No one's going to understand you if you can't even understand yourself. 
And you'll never understand yourself apart from God. The one that created you, that wants to fellowship with you. Not so that he can get to know you. He already knows you. He made you in his likeness and in his image. He knows your weaknesses. Yet you are still lovely to him. He still wants you. What does that feel like tonight? To still be wanted and desired by the God of the universe. What does that feel like to leave the 99 and go find the one that's wandering around? Then he'll chase you down. He'll jump in the river that's tearing you apart and drowning you tonight. That's how bad and how desperate he wants you. He's willing to lose his environment and come into your environment. He left all of heaven's glory and humbled himself and became an innocent, vulnerable baby that was on the death's door just like Moses. I've got, so I got a word for some mamas and daddies in here with your children. Jesus' parents had to hear from God to make some godly decisions. And because his daddy had a dream to leave where they were and get on down to Egypt, I gotta ease on down, ease on down the road. He had to get out and go back. Come on, go to Egypt? Are you kidding me? Do you think the Jewish person wants to go back to Egypt? Are you? You didn't hear from God, Joseph. An angel came to him, told him. Get out of here. Bring your family until this passes. And they slaughtered innocent children looking for Jesus. Parents, you've got to make godly decisions based upon the revelation that God gives you. And if you don't spend time in his presence, you're not going to get the revelation that you need. If you want to survive on peanut butter and crackers, that's on you. But let me tell you what you're helping your child do to make the same choice that you made. When you stay in bad relationships and when you stay with bad behaviors, you're teaching your child to create an environment. Mommy does it like this. Look, when I, when I started my church in the most impoverished area in America, the Mississippi Delta, when I got there, we, we did a lot of children's ministry, and I wanted to know what made these kids, you know, what, what got them happy about their future. So I asked them, I said, what do you want to do when you grow up? Of course, like every, every kid, the only shot out is sports. I want to be an NBA star. That's what I want to be. I want to be an NFL star. That's what I'm going to be. We, we, had, we had several college athletes come to our after-school program. They weren't college athletes yet. They were just kids in high school and junior high. Come to our gym to get away from it all, to get out of their environment into a safe place. Because I made a choice to open up the gymnasium in a bad area, the only white dude in town. Come on, somebody. You know I'm crazy already. And I, listen, Pastor Joe told a story about how I wouldn't drive 25, 30 people in a van down the road because I was breaking the law. I gotta confess, when I got to Bastrop and no one else would do it, I had me a little short bus. You know, I had me a little thing, and look, I would load that thing up until they were laying down on top of each other. Come on in here, little Nunu. Come on, get in here now. No, I don't care. You, no, you sit down over there. I know she stinks. We'll take care of it later. 
I would take them from the school and I'd run. I'd tell the other kids, you've got to wait. I can't got no more room and I ain't got a sardine can opener. <laughs> Drop them off at a gym that an old coach that was retired that had a stroke and walked like this. <laughs> coach Joe. Mr. Joe. It took him 10 minutes to get out of the car. And all he would do is get inside, literally make it to the hallway. There was a chair right there for him, and he would sit down in it. And I would drop off 25 inner city kids to him at a time, and I would do this four or five times on an afternoon. You know I had to have some real faith or some dumb stupidity. But God took care of us. You know, one of those guys is playing in the NFL right now. He's heard the principles of God. I don't know if he's serving God or not. I've heard him pray. Another one of those guys was the rated the number one high school prospect in all the nation. Went and played at LSU the last three years. Is going to be in the draft this year. Got another guy who was just uh, uh, accepted in, or just accepted a scholarship to the University of Alabama, the national champion. What am I saying? I'm saying, look, when someone can't make a choice for people, and you can, you better make that choice. Because you don't know what's coming down the road for that person. Amen? You don't know. I mean, we can't always rely on people to make godly choices because they don't know. Sinners, you know what they're going to do? They're going to sin. Dummies, they're going to be... Well, the ones that didn't answer, y'all are in that category. Okay. Called a clue. Everybody get your Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass out and find the clues. And my, and my single parent, what I'm trying to tell you, single parents don't feel like, look, you have some choices, things you didn't choose, some environments you're in, you made some choices, you made, made mistakes, okay? They're not going to disappear overnight. And, you know, that uh, we used to have that famous program or, you know, that thing, if you have a child that is 18 years in prison. I don't know. Yeah, they used to have, a, you know, on the wall, like, don't have a child unless you're married. And if you don't, it's 18 years of punishment for you. And they showed, like, a person behind bars going like this. <laughs> it was like one of them scare tactics, you know, that didn't work. Like, baby rates went out the roof then. They're like, yeah, I'm getting my badge of honor because I've been to jail. Whooping this baby tail. If you made bad decisions to get you to the place where you are, why would you keep staying there? I mean, look, if you got to your house today and you found out that there was nuclear toxic waste that was coming out of the ground of the house that's next door to you, some of y'all think you've got to go and live there. You think that that's, that's, you, that's what you've got to do. You've got to make choices. If there's toxicity around your proximity, you've got to make choices to get out of that stuff. Amen? And keep your family out of that stuff. Amen? You've got to stand up and make godly choices in a world that is fully against the choices that you're making. 
They don't know. They can't see why you're doing it. Everybody, well, come on, don't make a big deal out of this. You know it's just a family get-together. They're just going to be drinking. They ain't going to be doing nothing. You know, Uncle Jojo. Sad to say, Uncle Jojo was the one with the kid in the bathroom. Some folks know what was happening to their children, and they didn't want to even make a choice to get out of the environment. Friend, you've got you to start making some choices to protect yourself and protect your family and protect the reputation that God is establishing in you and protect the reputation that is His name that we're attached to. Amen? I believe that God is speaking to us through the story of Moses about making selections and making choices that will get us to a place that is beyond surviving. That's thriving. I didn't have a college degree, but I got promoted in, in, in the Walmart distribution center into a, into a career field that I had no training for, computers. I was responsible for all the computers over the state of Florida for a multi-billion dollar company. God promoted me on my job when I began to make choices. Look, before all that happened, I was the safety committee chairman of that whole warehouse. When I was unsaved, I was that person. And I was the same person that was smoking and drinking and coming and giving safety committee speeches. See, when you make a choice to lie... And you make another choice to lie or to live in a lie. Now you've created an environment of lies. And so many of you have lost the truth and it's so far from you that you think the lie is the truth. I need the worship team. Come on right now. The dimension is about to change in here very rapidly. I want you to adjust yourself, adjust your posture, put away things that distract you right at this moment. I want you to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit through the man of God at this moment. Look at me. This is a bottle of water. What does it cost? Let's say a dollar. Well, in our environment, we can go anywhere and get a bottle of water, you know? It's a dime a dozen. They're everywhere just a bottle of water. If I take this same bottle of water to Africa in the middle of the bush or India in a city that's in drought and famine. What is that? What's that worth? It's worth a life. It's worth living one more day to somebody. We'll take and swig it, forget about it and leave it there, come back two weeks later and go, ugh. 
If they found that in their country, it didn't matter if it's been there for five months. They're going to open it up and treat it like it's liquid gold. See, we attach value to things. Things have importance to us because of the choices we decide to attach the value to. We make choices to say what is valuable to us and what's not valuable to us. When I preach, I get a sore throat. So I get these little Ricola. To me, these are valuable. Now, I gave Pastor Joe one the other day, and I was thinking, this is so valuable to me. And he was, I've lost my voice. I'm like, here you go. And he looked at it, and to him, oh, yeah, I love these things. I saw the twinkle in his eye, and he was like, he put it in his mouth and walked away. And I was thinking, man, I just helped Brother Joe. I'm going to get a reward. If you give a pastor a breathman in my name, a lozenge in my name, you will receive a pastor's reward. Today, when I came in, I was thinking, well, I've got to share the wealth. I've got a few more in my pocket. I put two on the desk, just like that, and I went like this. And he smiled at me and he said, I really don't like I don't like the way they taste. I said, oh, yeah, they're for your sore throat. Oh, that's why. I thought it was a candy. I told him, I said, this Ricola has a value equivalent to trash to you. He attached value to this based upon his taste. somewhere spiritual here. Can you hear me? Why can a sports athlete demand $25 million a year? Because we as a society attach value to somebody who catches a ball or slams it through a hoop. Because we'll go and pay $50, $80, for a jersey. We'll pay $700 for a ticket in the nosebleeds. We can't even see the sweat dripping off their head. And we're just watching it from a big screen TV that's even further away from us than we can even, it's, it's like a little screen. And you'll call and text and Twitter, I'm here at the game! You'll take a picture and there'll be a wall and you'll just barely see the rim. <laughs> Get that thing autographed! It's going to be worth something someday! Why? Because we attach value to somebody's skill. How can Hollywood demand hundreds of millions of dollars? How can actresses and actors demand this money? Because society attaches value to things. You see, you have invested, you have taste, you have things that you like, and you're willing to pay for those things that you like. But I tell you what, when the value for it is not equivalent to the price that's being paid for it. If I told you, hey, look, I'll give you a brand new bottle of water just like this for $200. Anybody want this bottle for $200? Come on. Go on once, go on once. Here we go, here we go. Come on, 200. I hear 200. Come on, come on, come on. 
Why? Because the value to you, this water, is not equivalent to the price that you're going to pay for it. See, you attach value to moments every single day. If it's valuable to you, you don't care if your wife, your kids, or anybody else is talking. You say, shut up. I'm trying to concentrate on this here. Because this is important to me. Lay down in a bed with someone you're not married to, there's your value. You know, if you did that in Africa, there'd still be people that would willing to go down and slurp it up. I've seen kids in India who got money from begging. Go to the little vendor cart. And as they're going away, they trip and fall. And they have these little plastic baggies. Fall all over the ground and spill. And they'll still try to scoop it back up. Because that may be the only thing they're going to eat today. See, you don't really value God enough. I bless, I bless every one of your efforts. I bless everything that you've done up till now. But really and truly, I don't value God enough. I really don't. If I did, I'd give more. See, this moment that's coming upon us, those that value this moment and say this is worth more than a million dollars, this is worth more than going back home and getting on my internet, this is worth more than getting five or eight hours rest. You're going to attach value to a moment in just a minute. Every Sunday when you come to church, when you sit in your seat and listen to somebody ministering the Word of God, you attach value to that thing that He preaches. If you go to sleep, if you're distracted, if you're texting and playing around on your phone, you pretty much have said, what you're giving me really ain't valuable to me. If you don't sing my song, I'm really not going to put any value in what you're doing. If you don't preach it the way I like to, you to preach it, I'm really not going to pay much attention to what you're saying. Let me tell you what Christianity needs. Christianity don't need any more entertainment. They need somebody to get full of the Holy Ghost and slap a devil and not take a picture of it. So that everybody on YouTube and their friends can go, Wow, you're so awesome. They'll just keep moving along and saying, my reward is eternal. My reward is in his hands. Behold, he comes quickly and my reward is in his hands. And you begin to attach value to moments and you begin to attach value to breath. And you begin to attach value to things that God has assigned you to hear from the mouth of men and women of God. You attach value in the moment of life. You create environments by the value you attach to them. You stay in them because you value them. You value a lie if you stay in an environment that's destroying you. But if you value the truth, you'll make a choice to create a new environment. Move out of that thing. Get out of that relationship. Get out of that friendship. Get out of it all the way and say, you know what? What you have waiting for me is better than what I'm holding on to. And I'm willing to let it go tonight. 
I'm willing to let go of my hurts and my rejections and my abandonment and all the pain and frustration that I've been feeling. You, you've attached value to those things. You've attached value because you let it dominate your time. You let it dominate your attention when you can't get over what somebody said to you or said about you. You're empowering them. You're giving them a voice in your life. You don't owe them nothing. But if you attach value to it, then you've paid a price. You paid a price. Who are you paying tonight? What's wrong with you? I can't pay attention. <laughs> Some of you treat your wallet like it's an onion. Every time you open it, you cry. attached $20,000 to a dream in India for Bible college students. And I'm not done attaching value to it. I spent two months in India last year. Two months out of my country. Away from my kids and my wife. I love my kids, but my wife consented, and God told us that I had to go. But those kids are going to grow up one day, and if I don't keep clearly hearing from God, and I get caught up in saying, well, I just like doing this so much, that little Elijah and Zoe and my beautiful wife, they're going to be devalued. The investment is going to be pulled out of them and my attention. See, the thing that has power in your life, the thing that dominates your attention is the thing that has power in your life. If tragedy dominates your attention, it's got power. If forgiveness dominates your attention, it has power. If the warfare and Satan's attacks dominate your attention, it has power. truth is, if we were really to look in the spiritual mirror today, the thing that has the most value in our life is not God. It's us. Because we're selfish. And we're rebellious. And we don't want anybody, not even your Lord, telling you what to do. See, this is what submission is. You give up your authority to make a choice. And you say, God, I trust in you. And I give you everything. I yield it all to you. You are the Lord. That means you rule and reign in the throne of my heart. And you're seated upon that throne. And you have the ability 
to make decisions in my life. You can tell me to do the hard things. And I'll do them. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Stand on our feet. Let's make a choice right now to invest in this moment. Make a choice to invest in this moment. You got currency in your pocket right now. In the pockets of your heart. In the pockets of your mind. You've got currency. You've got gold and silver and precious gems. Will you invest your time and your attention in this moment? Will you take some of that currency of time and put it in this moment? Will you take the currency of attention and put your attention on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and what He is able and more than capable to do right here in this place tonight? We've got power to trample over serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Right now, make a conscious decision to receive power tonight, to make the tough choice, to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of your testimony, and by the action of your faith. For faith without works is dead. Make your faith come alive by acting upon the decision and the choice that God puts before your very eyes. Choose Him. Choose the Lord. Choose His way right now. Choose the hard way. Choose the higher way. Don't choose the natural way. Choose the supernatural way. Come on, just close your eyes. What are you spending your life on? What are you spending your life on? What are you spending your life on? What are you spending your moments on? How much time and attention have you given things that are not godly, things that are not worthy? See, worthy means you attach worth and value to something. If you say he's worthy, then he's worthy. You can't just give him words and lip service. You've got to do something that shows him that he is worthy. What's he worthy of? He's worthy of two hours on Sunday morning. That's what he's worthy of. On, uh, he's worthy of a, of a quick bedtime prayer with my kids. Why don't you put some more value in him? Why don't you say, okay, no, no, he's worth more than that. Come on. Eyes closed, heart wide open. Here comes God. Here he comes. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb to receive the reward of His suffering. Worthy is the Lamb to receive the reward of His suffering. Worthy is the Lamb of God to receive the reward of His sufferings. The price that He paid. The price that He paid for you and I. The price that He paid. The price that He paid. The price that He paid for you and I upon a cross. The price that he paid, the price that he paid for you and I.
He's worthy. Attach value right now. Here we go. Come on, Jesus. Attach value to this song, this moment. Believe it when you sing it now. you sung it the first time. Sing it like you sung it when you felt his presence. right now. Come on, attach value to your breath. Come on. Acknowledge the breath that you're breathing. The original breath came from God. Acknowledge that right now. And value the breath right here. 
the breath of God that you're breathing in and out. Your soul is alive because of the breath. The essence of God within you. Attach value to that right now. Come on, you're going to breathe differently. You're going to pray differently, sing differently, attach value. You're going you're gonna to speak differently. If you're tired of curse words coming out of your mouth, I want you to put your hand over your mouth. If you struggle with it and you're tired of it and you say, I don't want the breath of God being defiled anymore. I believe that right now the power to break the chain of filthy, dirty language is going to get out of my mouth. If you're ashamed to do it, then it's not going to happen. But if you say, I'm struggling and I want to be set free, put your hand on your mouth right now. Hold it there and keep it there. Close your eyes. Acknowledge the breath coming in and out of your nose. As your hands are there, I'm telling you right now, there's an anointing flowing through you. Father God, as we lay our hand upon our mouths, this day we sanctify the speech. We will know you and know your words. We will confess you. We will confess your words. We'll speak on your behalf, Lord. We dedicate our speech. We dedicate our mouths to be God's mouthpiece no longer bitter and cursing but blessing and sweetness come on let the anointing flow right there come on let a real presence of God there's a sanctification there is a marking going on your mouth you're making a covenant with your mouth right now abundance of the heart the Bible says the mouth speaks I want you to repent if you're if, if you're holding your hand on your mouth, I want you to repent for the curses that you've said with your mouth for the filthy words and the things that you've said for the evil that's come out of your mouth when you shouted when you cursed somebody out that was evil you took that name-calling anointing that God put inside of you and you put a curse into the atmosphere. You made a choice to change environments or to keep an environment alive that is not God's best for you, for your family, for the people that are around you. Acknowledge that you are repenting. I am saying, God, I'm sorry and I'm changing because you're changing my heart right now. goes into a man that defiles him but what comes out of a man you're attaching value to this moment and you're disinvesting the value that you put in curses and filthy language 
Let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth in Jesus' name. Only that which is wholesome, blessed, and edifying to the hearers. Let my speech be seasoned with grace. Come on, there's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. say, Lord, fill me up with your presence that it would overflow out of my mouth. Out of your belly will flow a river of living life, living water. Words of life will flow. Now, if there's a speech that's coming up right there, I feel it a tremendous anointing to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. If there's a language, if there's an anointing, if there's a praise, let it come out of your mouth. Let it come out of your mouth. Let, let the first thing that you say be a blessing. Let it be a tongue of a man or of an angel. Let it be a tongue in the love of God pouring out of you. Open your mouth. Open your mouth now. Praise Him. Open your mouth and say the words that you are being inspired by the breath of God to carry over your mouth and carry over your lips. It's washing away the curses and it's putting value in the blessing. My mouth is meant to bless me and my family. My mouth is meant to bless my environment. And Lord, right now, I ask you for an anointing to speak blessing, to speak praise and glory. Lord, I pray the anointing. Come on, if you're feel, being filled with the Holy Spirit, lift your hands higher. Let the tongues of the Lord come out of your mouth now. There it is. There are several people being filled with the Holy Spirit and no man has laid a hand upon them. That is the sovereign move of the living God. If you want to be filled, say, Lord, fill me and then open your mouth and let the speech of God come out. Let it come out. Say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit right now, God. My mouth belongs to you. My heart, my life, out of my belly. Ria shende kusinda reda le koria reda sunda reda erona le kasinga redu shandere reda basi inda reda ba 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 he sunda rieke ura reda basi reda osa oliande oliande remonto ikare remosha come on praise comes out of your mouth let a weapon a praise come out of your mouth. A two-edged sword out of your mouth comes now. Don't stop praying. 
If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you feel that new tongue coming out, come on. If you've been refilled, don't stop praying. Don't you stop it. There's so much more. Be loosed out of your mouth. This is you and God. This is your holy language that God has given you. This is His holy language coming out of you. Don't you stop praying. Say it loud enough that you could hear it. Say it loud enough that the devil will fear and he will shudder and step back. Woo! Glory on you. Glory on you. Glory on you. Come on. Just speak it out. Speak it out. That's all it is. It's a language. You don't make it up. It's coming from heaven. Don't stop praying. It's on you. Yes. Don't you stop. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on. More. 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 The fresh tongue of the Lord. Come on, don't you stop. You feel the presence of God all around you. That's the war of the Lord. Pushing back darkness. Pushing back darkness. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold. Be bold right now with your tongue. Every one of you. Every one of you. Now. 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 And some of you can already feel that cleansing process taking place. When you spoke in that tongue, it was like a cleansing. Just, just, you feel that cleanness, that refreshing. You feel that darkness pushed back. You feel that atmosphere and that environmental change spiritually. You can feel it all around you right now. God does not love you any more or any less than He loved you yesterday. Ma'am, I wish you'd just go ahead and break all the way wide open. Come on, you've had enough of this. Just go ahead and break all the way wide open. Come on. This is it. Come on, this is the moment God gave you tonight. Right here, right now. Just go ahead and break all the way wide open. Don't hold back right now. Right now. It's a change. It's a choice. You're attaching value. Come on. Come on, Dory. I'm telling you, come on. You got to press in. You got to press in. You got to press in tonight. You really got to press in tonight. Come on. 
you got to make a choice here tonight. You've got to make a good choice here tonight. Detach everything to this moment right here, right now with God. I saw as you were receiving, as I was preaching the message of God. It was like camera flashes. When a camera takes a picture in the flashing. It's like snapshots of faith. I could just see just pictures. Come on. It's okay to break. This is a safe environment. I've created it. God's made it for you. That's what he says. I've created this moment for you. It's a safe place for you right here. It's okay to let your guard down. It's okay to say, Lord, I'm investing it all in this moment right here, right now. And as I was ministering, I saw those lightning or those flashes that looked like lightning. And God said, they're not lightning flashes. They're picture flashes. And he said, they're snapshots of faith that you will have to exercise to get you to the environment he's called you to create. Comparison, I break you off. The want to measure yourself up against other people, I break you off. I expose your foul lie and this environment that you've created for her. This is so demonic, it's a trap. stretching out to you. I'm stretching out to you. Take me from the place I am. Take me to the place where you are. Come on, every one of you that has that spirit of comparison. You know, God just used her, but there's so many others I can see in here right now. When I said that spirit of comparison, that desire to measure yourself up, your looks, your education, your finances, that spirit of comparison is a wicked trap. If that's you and you want to break totally wide open from it, I want you to lift your hands high as you can and surrender and say, Lord, take me from this spirit. Take me from this environment that the spirit of comparison has put upon my life. If you've compared your ministry, if you've compared your gifting, if you've compared who you are as a person, of what you've got in your bank account, or what you've got in your closet, that spirit of comparison, and you're tired of it, and you want it to break off, lift your hands and say, God, take me from the place I am to where you want me to be. Create a new environment, God. So many hands going up. I'm telling you, there's a freedom when you really acknowledge it. When we expose the lie and the darkness of the devil, he loses his power. When you lift your hands and say, I've got a problem with this, and I'm not willing to let it catch me in the middle of the night or next week, I'm going to wrestle it right here, right now, and gain the victory. 
Something happens when you exercise your faith in a place that's safe to exercise your faith right here, right now. You really can believe that God will give you the power to overcome comparisons. Father, they're reaching out to you, Lord, so innocently, Lord God. And God, we say we're ashamed because we've been trapped up in this comparison spirit. In an environment that was created, it is not your best for our life. Thank you, God. Say that to him. Thank you, God, that you've made me original. That you gave me a unique gifting. That I'm one of a kind. I'm not a carbon copy. I'm not somebody else. I'm who I am. I'm the one that you dreamed about. I'm the one that was in your mind before the earth began, before you pulled me out of my mother's womb. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I cling to. That's who I want to be. Come on, if there's specific areas of comparison and you know them, I want you to repent of them on your own, right there where you're at. Come on, if you have looked at another young lady or a young man and said, I, you know, I'm just not as beautiful as her or him. If you criticize somebody and it was really just a cover because you didn't have what you thought it took to be like them, repent of it right now. Salvador, that's it right there, man. Whew. Well, that's total freedom coming on your life tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, help us to live like He's living right now. Totally abandoned. I want to tell you, I can see some folks are really getting. I wish you just get totally abandoned. Abandon it. Whatever value, it's not worth going back for. Whatever, whatever value you attach to it, it's not worth going back for. Disinvest yourself of that comparison spirit, that measuring stick spirit, that number counting spirit. And come on and attach value to the one that God has attached value to, Jesus. see him I'll be like him that's what Paul said if you can get a glimpse of him if you can just get a look of him if you can catch a facet of him tonight looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith the evidence of things hoped for the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the author and finisher of a substance that changes environments.
just dump it all out. When you're trembling because the presence of God is all over you, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Be shook loose from every earthly attachment right now. Come on, this is Him. This is Him invading you. This is Him conquering as a conquering king. Ruling and changing your environment. Changing your kingdom. This is real freedom. This is real truth. You can serve the Lord in the days of your youth. You can do it. You can stand out like Moses, a light in a dark place. As you see in my spirit, this someone has been turning the screws and just been just violating the open space and the creativity and the ability to be free. Just been tightening the screws on you. And it's created something like a spiritual claustrophobia. Does that bear witness in your heart right now? Yeah. See, that's part of it right there. That's acknowledgement. When you acknowledge those things, they lose power. You know, since I've had my hand on your head, God's been saying, just, just kind of twist it and unscrew something that has been just binding your mind. And this is just a symbol of what He's doing in the Spirit to you right now. I'm just unloosing this. You feel that freedom as I'm doing that? That's the Lord. That's the Lord. And He's making room for you. You're, you're, they're... Come on, there's some more room to think now. <laughs> Come on, doesn't that feel good? I'm telling you, instantly, I'm telling you, look at me. Do you feel that instantly or not? I'm not, is this, I'm not making this up, am I? This is real, isn't it? This is your moment from God. He's delivered you, okay? Walk in freedom. Walk in this power, okay? Can you come up here and would you just kneel down and just take a moment and, and just really just seal this moment with God? Come on, if you're here right now, listen. God is no respecter of persons. He's doing so much to people all over this place. Would you just find a place, if you'd like to step out of your seat and you want to get into the altar or you want to find a place to kneel down in prayer or you just want to sit there or stand there and worship God, that's fine. Just just, just obey the Lord. Right now I want to open up the altars because there's some of you that are kind of stuck in your seats and you said you know I want a little bit of room to kind of kneel down or just at least be able to stretch if that's you come on and just fill up the aisles and fill up the you know if you're standing back why don't you come a little bit forward and make a little room if you want to stay in your seat and sit down and that's fine but please stay engaged put some value this moment is not over this moment is not over Hallelujah. Thank you for coming out of that back corner, man. Can you just do me a favor? I'm not embarrassing you. I'm just going to tell you something. I'm going to do something symbolic. Just come right over here. There's a spot right here. No better yet? It's right here. Give her a little space. Right here. I want you to be, this looks like to me, the brightest place in the room right here, okay? 
Just stand in that light for a minute. Close your eyes and just stand in that light. Acts chapter 16, God says to you today, is unfolding. Somewhere around verse 25, the, you know, Paul and Silas are in the prison, and we know the story. They begin to praise God and sing, and the, 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 the cells begin to open, and the jailer over the whole prison begins to just freak out. And he's, he's, he thinks that everybody's escaped. Come on, just listen to me with your eyes closed, your heart wide open, because you're in the light right now. He begins to freak out, and he's thinking, oh, man. I'm in big trouble now. And you know what first thing he does? He goes and gets a sword. He's calling for a sword. He's about to kill himself. And I'm not saying that about you. That's not the point. But the next verse, it says that Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. We're all still here. And I feel like God is saying, through the voice of Paul, he's like echoing the promises of God in your life. Don't do yourself any more harm because the promises are still here. And the next verse says the most amazing thing, and that's why I pulled you right here where you are right now. It says that the jailer says he called for the light. He called for the light. I brought you up here, and symbolically this is the right place, and it's shining down upon you with your heart wide open to God. I want you to begin to call for the light so that the darkness that is just puts you in a straitjacket. can just flee out and disappear. Guess what? When light shines in a room, we don't try to trace the darkness to find out where it went. <laughs> that would just be a waste of time. You know what? Quit trying to chase down the darkness when God shines the light in your life. Whew. I'm telling you, boy, that means more than the world to you right now. You know what I'm talking about. Whew. I didn't even have a, I had no idea. Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name now, she calls for the light. Come on, call for the light. Say, Lord, I call for you. I call for your revelation. I call for your light, Lord God. Come on, Lord, undo the darkness. Undo the darkness. Undo the darkness. Undo the darkness. Marvelous light. I walk in the light as he is in the light. Come on. Come on, you feel the light of God and you feel light in spirit. You feel the weight of sin and the weight of depression and the weight of unforgiveness and the weight of years of abuse and rejection being pushed. Jesus, Jesus. Blossom victory. Hallelujah. Blooming. Hallelujah. Fragrance of God. Hallelujah. Woman of God. 
You are rare indeed. And right now, that's the presence of God rewarding you right here. Just receive it. You don't got to go nowhere. He found you. Glory. Anybody over there by her is getting hit right now. I can tell you that. If you're anywhere over by her, I'm telling you right now, I see the anointing flowing right over there by her right there. If you're in that area, I'd lift my hands. I'd say, Lord, I want a little bit of that. You putting that favor on her, I'm going to take a little bit for me right now. Come on. Amen. Your sister, your sister's getting blessed, and she ain't gonna be, she's not going to be selfish. She's going to give you some too. Amen. Come on, everybody in this section right here, I want you to lift your hands right here. Whew. Look at what God's doing through your life, Blossom. Do you see this? Whew. You've made a way for others, and God is still using you in this way. Come on, everyone that's lifting their hands and really receive this right now. Come on, this is not some hocus-pocus-focus stuff. This is real deal anointing. This is substance from another dimension that is falling upon you because a sister, God wants her reward, has made a way for you. Now fall. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for a faithful heart. Each one will proclaim their own faithfulness. Each one will proclaim their own greatness. But a faithful woman, who can find? You found a faithful woman, Lord. You found her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Rare indeed. Her price is far above rubies and gold. The Lord is your husband and maker. The Lord is your husband and maker. God said that time tells the story. Time tells the story. As sand goes to the bottom of the hourglass and fills up day by day, moment by moment, God said in this last year, time has told a story of the time that you spent in the presence of your king. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You are valuable to him. God said that man tried to cheapen you and tried to rob from you the destiny which he created you for. But he says that time tells the story that within one year's time of your faithfulness, could you have even imagined that your feet would be situated in the place where they are even today? 
This is a year of acceleration and blessing. 2012. It's time to level the devil. Knock him over. Knock him over. Every cardboard cutout. (laughs) God said that he put these things before you and they look so intimidating. He said, but they're just cardboard cutouts. They're just props like on a movie set. They're not even real. They look intimidating to you. They look like they stand between you and the person you want to be. God said it's time to level the devil and knock him over like a cardboard cutout that he is. on the planet earth like the friendship he has with you right now and all those feelings of loneliness are cardboard cutout God says within a week's time there will be clarity of direction in your life. And that there will be tough decisions being made in February. And this night is giving you strength. And this night is giving you a standard. Stick to your guns. Stick to what brought you this far. Because time tells the story. to God. Don't look to man. Please look to God. He doesn't need me to talk to you. You can hear him right where you are. I'll say whatever he tells me to say. I'll call out and speak and prophesy. But don't look at me. Please. Don't wait on me for a word. If God gives me one, I'll be there in a minute, a second, a moment. But friend, I believe that God, some of you are waiting for me to give you a word and God's telling me, don't do it. I'm talking to them for myself. They got to develop a hearing. They got to develop a hearing. They got to develop a hearing. And God said that Agnes was patient over the whole weekend. And God rewarded her that patience paid off for her. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will tell you things to come. All I'm doing is telling you things to come because the Holy Spirit's telling me. But you know, you take me out of the equation, guess what? It's a lot clearer. Because guess what? God's Holy Spirit is within you, and He will tell you things to come. But see, you've got to learn to hear Him. And tonight, you can learn to hear Him. You can hear Him say a country. You can hear Him say a yes. You can hear Him say a no. You can hear Him say to stop doing something. You can hear Him say to start doing something. You've got to hear Him, though. 
because tomorrow I'll be getting on a plane. And you'll be at your house or at your job. And there'll be a hard decision. There'll be a decision to make a choice to either stay in an environment or to create a new one. And friend, if you don't have godly wisdom and instruction, you are bound to repeat mistakes again and again. It's a vicious cycle and it's a chain of lies from the devil. Hear the Holy Spirit. If you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. If he's asking you to do something hard, don't think the devil told you. It was God telling you, do it. Do it. He's not going to make it easy because what he's worth is much more valuable than what you're holding on to. The harder you hold on to it, the harder it is to let go. But if you lay everything on the table, if you... If you put it all on this moment, right here, right now, and say everything, anything, anyone, anywhere is on the table. He's got a lot of room to work with. Come on, hear him today. Chris, you got to hear him. You got to hear him. You got to hear him. You got to lead something. You got to lead something in this church. You got to lead something. You got to get developed. I'm not saying you aren't coming along. I'm just telling you because you know what? You're dragging your feet in some areas, personal areas, that I don't need to expose, that I don't need to say to you. It's time. You got to lead something in this church. You're not ready for it. You're not ready for it. You're stagnating the call of God on your life, man. And I say this in brotherly love. And I, I tell you this as a brother in Christ. Seed without soil does nothing. Soil without seed does nothing. But when you have seed and soil together, something, a process can take place. Let the seed go into the soil and stay in the soil until it fully grows. grows don't be impressed don't write off your reputation I hear that from so many of you in here quit writing off your reputation things that you've already done for God how far you've come off your reputation that your praise don't do it because if the best is yet to come and you write off your reputation you'll run out of gas believe that tonight believe that you don't have to make it for anybody else just make it for yourself that promise that I'm going to move further into the kingdom this year than I've ever gone I'm going to make decisions the way that God wants me to make decisions. I 
hear the voice of the Lord saying this to some of the young men that are, 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 are of the age of marrying. and God's saying, quit looking around for the woman. Quit watching every visitor. Quit watching every person. Quit it. Quit looking around for the woman. I need you in this battle right now. I need you in this battle right now. And the general of the army knows how to get to the foxhole, call you out of the foxhole, and bring you to your bride and give you the reward of your warfare. If you're a young man and that bears witness in your heart, I want you to just receive it. You don't have to identify yourself. This is not like a confession session. If you feel that you need to go to your pastor and you're struggling in this area, I encourage you to do it. But where you are, if that bears witness to you as a young man or as a single man, just receive that today. This is how God does. He gives good instruction to his children. He's never going to harm you with his instruction. He never means to destroy you. His plans are to prosper you. (laughs) To give you hope and a future. To bring you to an expected end. What do you expect? What are you expecting? He wants to bring you to an expected end. Can we sing that fill me up? Let's sing that fill me up first. Come on, let's just sing it soft. Stay where you are and just sing. Don't stop singing that. Oh, don't stop. He's just playing our heartstrings to sing his song. To sing his plea. expected in. Do you expect him to fill you up? Come on, sing it like that. I expect something to happen. Something's happening. Something supernatural is happening. Heaven is breaking open. Heaven is breaking open. 
on, sing it. an anthem it's becoming something that's going deep fill me up God fill me up God it's becoming like an echo in a deep place into the spirit the echo is going down to the bottom of you come on this is supernatural just take it and released into the deepest part of you. And it's still traveling, whether we're singing it or not. But listen to me. It's going to hit the bottom sometime this week. Listen to what I'm saying to you. This is the way God's given it to me. It's becoming an anthem within you. It's be meshing with you and your spirit. 
And it's going to the deepest recess, the furthest part of you. Some of you have never, ever been there. Some of you will only get there until 10 years. But believe me, this supernaturally is going deeper than any place you've ever been spiritually in your life. And once it hits the bottom, God says it's going to bounce off of it. And it's going to come back as an echo. And sometime this week, it's going to pop up in your spirit. And there's no telling where you're going to be. You might be lying down in the bed at 3 a.m. And all of a sudden, you're going to hear that coming out of you. And you're going to feel that filling up. You might be on a bus. You might be in a store. You might be at a restaurant. You might have to excuse yourself. You might have just ordered off the menu and God say, nope, nope, nope. Get back out there in your car and let this echo just permeate your being. Let it, let it catch you. Christine, let it catch you this week. Nicholas, let it catch you this week. Nancy, could you could you come and pray for her? You're pregnant like she is. Are, are you due in April? Are you doing April? Are you doing April? She's doing April. I believe that there is an anointing right here. Hallelujah. No, no. Sorry. Jessica, she wants one. You want one? Praise God. We're gonna have them too pray on you and just pray with you, not on you. I want you, I want you to just. Just release something into her. Pray over that baby. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Just, just stay, just stay focused for just a minute. We're about to, we're about to just let, let God do something here for this. This is unique. They're both due in April. They've never met each other before. God brought my friend, my friends, my dear friends, all the way, an hour and a half away. They pushed through all of it just to be here, just because I believe this moment right here. You just, if you're over in that area, just stretch your hands towards them and believe God for a prophetic word just to be. And this week, when that echo comes out, let's just, just take you right into the presence of God. Jessica, did I hear you right? Do you, do you do you want a baby? You do? Hallelujah. Is, do you want us to pray for you? What does your husband want? Is it okay? Does that bear witness in your spirit? Praise God. Is there anybody else in here that says, I want to I have a baby and you're married? Amen. Is there anybody else that says, I want a baby and I need a baby and you believe it? it's in agreement with your husband? Amen. 
If it's you and you're raising your hand, would you just come over this way? And come over here and stand by Jessica. And when Nancy and Rennie are done praying, they're going to come over here and they're going to they're gonna lay hands on you. Blessed. Ooh, blessed time. Oh, my Lord. Praise God. Amen. Come on, Vanessa. Hallelujah. If your husband is here, let him come and stand with you. If, you're, if your wife is going over there, you go over there and stand with her, okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. We're about to have some babies in this church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. In December, I had the privilege of holding a baby in my arms that good friends of mine, ministers of the gospel, this guy gave $250,000 business, sewed it into another person for nothing other than because God told him to do it. Garage door business. He gave it away to follow the call of God. And do you know that business is a million-dollar business today? They got a fleet of trucks. He had one truck. I was his door, I was his door monkey, he called me. <laughs> 18 years they waited for a baby. They, they took in a single mother and her daughter when they were abandoned by the, the, the baby's daddy, basically. And they have raised that young girl, Rachel, as their own. And this year in December, I held in my arms a baby that was 18 years promised from God. Raina Wilson. Amen? God can do miracles. Okay, so let's, if you have any doctor's issues, we dismiss the reports right now. We received the great physician report. And I'm going to ask Nancy and Rennie, would you please come up here too? Amen? I know, I know that this is something that God wants to do through you guys, and we're going to pray with you, but I want you to just lay hands on these ladies, and I want you just, as the Spirit leads, amen? Hallelujah? Hallelujah? Yeah. This, young, this, 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 this young lady is a dear friend of mine. I met her back at a youth camp, and God just totally blessed her life. Pray for Jessica, and I believe God's going to bless her. Just pray that they will be fertile. Pray that that baby would be right there in the center, in the timing of the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, Father, in Jesus' name, I open the womb in Jesus' name. God, every barren spirit in this place, God, in Jesus' name, I rebuke it. And God, I release right now, I release the womb of this woman of God for your glory, God. We thank you, God, because your hand, your anointing, God, is within her right now, God. And I thank you, God, that your anointing, God, has blessed the fruit of the womb right now. Be released. Be released right now. We believe it. We believe it. We receive it. We take faith that comes from another dimension. And we deposit oh, into the womb. The substance of faith in the womb. Now, I command you body, line up with the will of God. I command you body and reproductive tissues to fully function the way that God created you to function. Now, in Jesus' name, we receive it. We receive the faith to keep it, to bear it, to pull through full term in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, now, 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 in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Father, 
Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I feel as though, you know, in this situation, you're going to be like Elizabeth with John the Baptist getting inside of your womb. Oh, come on. Does that bear witness or not? I'm telling you. Is that, has that been your prayer? Oh, my Lord, that's been her prayer. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, thank you for revealing it. Now do it. Do it for your glory. Now be blessed. Be blessed with a prophet in the womb in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you right now. We bless her to conceive. <laughs> oh, just receive. Just receive. Just receive. Did you pray for her? Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Bless her. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, I just speak a special blessing on these husbands in Jesus' name. Father God. We thank you, God, that their seed in the womb will bring forth great destiny into the earth, Lord. I bless them. I stretch forth by... Come on, everyone stretch forth your hands right now. We bless them right now into the will of God, the timing and the season of God. Right now, we bless them in Jesus' name. Let their desire be found tonight in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody in here rejoice with us. Amen? Come on, we got some warriors growing up into the kingdom, getting ready to become part of Metro Praise. Amen? Hallelujah. Now lift your hands one more time. And I want you to thank God for what He's done in your life tonight. Make it personal. Thank Him for what He did in your life tonight. Make it personal. Jesus. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done up till now and everything that you will continue to do throughout this night, through the midnight, early in the morning, on the next day. And Father, I pray for that echo. When it hits bottom and comes back up, let's, let's feel the intensity of that anthem, God, that you deposited within us today. Let us feel that intensity and let it come all the way up and snatch us and catch us at a time <laughs> when we're totally unaware. Bless us, Lord, because we bless you tonight and we pay you and give you the value. We attach value to this, this night we're going to write about it. We're going to talk about it. We're going to testify about it. We're going to teach our children about this night. This night. This night. I was glad when they said unto me, let me come on that Sunday night into the house of the Lord.
What I want to do now is we're going to lay hands on every person in this place before you leave. We will formally dismiss after we do that. So all I'm going to ask you to do is just to make your way back to a seat. doesn't matter if it's your original seat. And I want you to stay standing. All elders and deacons, come on up here. You are about ready to go through a Holy Ghost car wash right now. You are about ready to go through a Holy Ghost car wash. I want the elders and deacons to face each other like this, like how I'm facing Berto right now. For a walkway, I want elders and deacons to make a walkway. We are going to start the glory train on this side. We are going to put on some worship music. We're going to put on some exciting worship music. Brother Glenn and I are going to be right here at the end of the Holy Ghost car wash. This is what I want you to do. I don't want you to talk to us. I don't want you to tell us what the doctor's report is. Tell us the ten things that you need. God already knows what you need tonight. We promised you that every person would get hands laid on them tonight. And we believe God can do miracles in this place. Even if he didn't have a particular word for you, God wants to bless you. We're going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray for impartation of the Holy Spirit upon you. We're going to pray for chains to be broken off of you. So this is what we're going to do in just a few moments on this side right here. This is the beginning of the Holy Ghost car wash. Are you listening to me right now? You're going to come this way right here, this direction, right through this Holy Ghost car wash right here. And we are all just going to lay hands on you. We're going to do it appropriately. But we're going to believe, God, for you to walk out of here filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to believe that sick body will be healed if you fall down we're going to help move you out the way you don't have to talk to us we just want you to move through it praising and worshiping God and we're going to lay our hands on you do you understand what I just said I told you to come expecting some crazy things tonight. I told you that everybody was going to get prayed for. Every leader that is in this place right now is going to pray for you to get a double portion of the Holy Ghost. Every person that I have approved in this ministry is going to lay hands on you. Brother Glenn and I at the end, if you start at this line with the devil, by the time you come out, you are shouting, praising God, speaking in tongues if you started here sick in your body with cancer we're believing that by the time you get out here you're walking out of this place healed do you understand what i'm saying do you can can i get an amen okay so i just wanted to start on this side you guys are going to have to come around and go through when you're done getting prayed for you can find your way to a seat or you can go and worship at a separate section but we want to allow this train to go right through here in jesus name let me pray for the elders right now band get ready right now every elder every deacon can you just lay your hands on them as i'm praying right now god anoint them right now sick bodies will be healed double portions of the anointing will come Hallelujah, God. Demons will get cast out right now in the name of Jesus. Impartation of the Holy Ghost. Lies will be changed in this place right now. Are you ready, man? Come on. You guys in this row right here, this section, come on through the Holy Ghost car wash. Let's go. Let's go. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.